National Football League Talk every Tuesday with Bo Marchant, covering the NFL Draft at CollegeToPro.com and the NFL Draft Bible, covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated, living and running in Eastern Ohio, and on Twitter X at Bo Marchant. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchant joins us now like he does every single week to talk the NFL. Bo, thanks so much for joining us. I know we want to get to what happened last weekend on the field and also uh, these games coming up this weekend, but I do uh, want to ask you about some of the coaching hires that have happened over the last week. Uh, we didn't get to it last week. This happened uh, a couple weeks ago, but Drawn Mayo, now the head coach uh, for the Patriots, he takes over for Bill Belichick. We now know that it was written into his com- contract that he would be the ne- next head coach in New England. What do you think about this move for them and what do you see the future in New England? Well, you know, they got to get a quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. if they could look at like a, if they get a good quarterback, maybe uh, Jaden Daniels next year uh, when they pick, who knows what they'll do quarterback wise. Um, Jared Mayo will look like a good coach. Uh, and that's the, well, that was the demise of Bill Belichick. And, uh, you know, and th- that's the key. You got to have a quarterback in this league. And, you know, Mac Jones never panned out. And that's why we're in the situation that we are. If Mac Jones pans out and they're successful, they're 11 and six or whatnot, they're making the playoffs. You know, Belichick's still in New England, but that's the case. You know, Jared Mayo, I mean, he is a Patriot guy. He knows the way, and he said it in his press conference. You know, he's not Belichick, and that's a lot to live up to, and anybody going in to replace that, you're never going to replace that type of it, but it doesn't mean you can be successful in your own right and carve out your own history. Yeah. Wherever he coaches next, he's going to coach, and I think you have enough success at about wherever to finally, ultimately pass Don Shula, but it will be fair to ask. I know he won't give up much and he'll almost go like into, you know, you know, you know, just ventriloquist mode when he speaks, but it is fair to ask Bill Belichick, are you coaching to win something big for this franchise? Are you coaching to pass Don Shula? Oh, you know, I mean, I, I think he's the ultimate competitor and hit the, I think he wants both. I, I think if he had to put all his, you know, cards on the table, he wants to win Super Bowls. He wants to go, you know, undefeated, and he wants to, you know, he he's I, he wants that as a gift. I think as a bonus. I guess you know the, the cake and the icing too. I mean, down at the heart of it, we know Bill Belichick is a competitor, and he wants to win. He's going to do everything possible to make that happen. So I, I would never, at least me, I would never consider that as anything that would be substantial to him um, as a goal. You know, I, I think those one of the accolades that come with winning. Um, it's kind of like if you're a player and you have the best season of your life and you're up for an MVP candidate or a player of the year, defensive player of the year. I, I think those are the accolades that come with being successful. And, and I think, nonetheless, if, if, listen, if he could win two more games but somehow manipulate a Lombardi trophy into that, he would do it that way and, and, and let the shoulder record rest. So at the next stop, other than passing Shula, what will be success? Playoff appearance? Championship game? Win it all? What what would, would would everybody recognize go, yeah, that last stop was a good one for Bill Belichick? No, I think you know, I think almost like a Jimmy Johnson thing. I mean, I think you can compare Jimmy Johnson's role uh-huh. in, in Dallas comparable to what Belichick had during the And he the was K-Day pretty time. good in Miami. Yeah, and he was pretty good in Miami. And I, I think that you know, that was the best he could do in Miami was what Jimmy Johnson did him. And he you know, we never 
you know, we didn't take it, you know, we didn't knock them a notch down for it. We didn't put them a peg below what we thought of it. It was just a different team, and there's so much that goes into it. But I think for Belichick, if he goes wherever he does go, you know, I, the one thing, Brett, I think he, he can't go somewhere and, and, and just say if he has three more years left in the league, just hypothetically, and he just say he goes, you know, six and 11, seven and 10 like that type of record, he's going to have to turn it around or at least put it at the point where if he would do that, change the attitude, the atmosphere of whatever franchise he's in, and then the new people come in and they kind of take it to that next level to kind of leave it. But if he goes somewhere else and they, you know, it'll just leave a sour note on a magnificent career. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, people talk about Brady and Belichick and because Brady wants to listen, Brady left Brady, Brady knew the cupboards were bare. It's kind of like goes back to LeBron James and Cleveland. He didn't leave the Cavs because they were the best team. He left the Cavs because he wasn't going to win a title. And that's how Brady was. He saw what was in that team. He knew he couldn't carry it anymore. Where did he go? He went to a stacked Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I mean, if Belichick could have his choice to go anywhere and coach, anywhere, basically, you know, he could probably win a couple more Lombardi trophies before he calls it said and done. So, yeah. you know, Belichick's a master. And I feel almost bad that it's, it's, it's you know, we, we get so self-satisfied with being, you know, you have to be on point all the time. And just to think that Belichick's not an NFL coach right now, a couple, you know, more during the playoffs of the year. And he will be if he doesn't find a place in next year. But nonetheless, I mean, it's it's a finicky world. And if you're not just uh, 110% crushing it, um, you're going to have your critics and they can run you out of town. Here locally, the Titans made a move last night hiring the Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their new head coach. Were you surprised by this move going a coordinator for them and, and bringing in a, an offensive guy to, to the Titans? And, and what do you expect um, for Brian Callahan as, as now the head man in, in, uh, in Nashville? You know what, I, it's a quote about quarterback development. And, you know, mm-hmm. he was pretty lucky he had to develop. I really don't know how much you can develop Joe Burrow. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think he's, he's you know, he's kind of like buying a, a Mercedes Benz or a Cadillac right <laughs> off the line. I mean, there's, there's not much you got to worry about. You know, it's, it's right there for you. So, you know, it's, he's going to have his work cut out. The Will Levis, you know, how much he can develop him and, and build around him. And the, that's the key. I mean, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, Belichick, Belichick didn't have a quarterback, and, you know, will Callahan have a guy that he can build around the franchise? And if not, you know, you, you really get stuck in, you know, spinning your wheels and, and trying to find success. And, you know, we see it in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, you, you can have everything planned and, and so many other solid things, but in today's league, if you don't have that guy on our center that can be an elite guy, you know, you're going to really struggle. You're going to kind of be in the mixture of, you know, we're bad, we're good, we're in the middle, but we're not, we're not there. And we see all the teams – that are in the playoffs right now, you know, they have those type of guys that can carry the team. And uh, I, I, I like Callahan as a hire, though. I will say that. I don't mm-hmm. think the, you know, the Titans made a bad hire. I, I like the hire. And, it's, it's, you know, when I look at the landscape of this, you know, football, this, the whole thing, the teams that still have coaches, I mean, I think they're all waiting for Harbaugh. And once Harbaugh decides what he's going to do, then we'll start seeing the dominoes. But he's the lead domino, you know, and we'll, it, he has to fall first before everybody else goes. Who falls next, Brable or Belichick? I think it's all preference. You know, I, I think if you're hiring Bill Belichick, you know, like, you know, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones is the king. So he's not going to let somebody else come in. I know he had Bill Parcells and Belichick is a, you know, protege of the Parcell tree. But, you know, when you go there, you you know, Belichick, <laughs> that's a lot. You're, you're saying, hey, 
you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be part. You you own the team, but you're going to let him do what he wants. He's going to be in charge of personnel. He's going to be charging the napkins in the cafeteria. He's going to be charging. I mean, everything. Vice versa. I don't know if Vrabel, you know, carries that kind of baggage, if you will. So I think it's just a matter of a fit for an organization that wants to have a GM and player personnel have a substantial uh, voice and what the decisions are made on the roster and 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 all those type of maneuvers and. And I think if you're a franchise that's just saying, you know what, we're confident in Bill Belichick, where he's at, and we want him to be the guy that he is. Because, you know, he, he's, he's carved him out. He's, he's established himself as such a, a, a you know, a Nostradamus. He's just, he's Bill Belichick. And it's, it's going to be hard for him to go anywhere where you're going to have anybody talk to him. And that's why he left New England. You couldn't take anything away from Bill Belichick and expect that to run normal because he is. I mean, just hypothetically, they hired one of us. How are we going to walk down the hall, knock on Bill's door, and say, "Hey, Bill, uh, this is what we're going to do today"? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's just not going to fly. So I think that's the next hire. That franchise, if they hire Bill, they're saying, "Hey, you know what? You got the keys to the car. If Vrabel goes there, just say the other team. Then there, it's going to be, hey, we're just going to still what we have our scouting department, we have our front office." You're the coach. This is how we're going to do things, and we'll go from there. And I think that's how you're going to find out where these guys land. I think that's what you're going to see when these guys eventually get their hires. Bo, I was looking at a couple of things for next year for 2024, and we don't have the dates yet for the NFL schedule. That's going to be a a, a May release. But we know the opponents, and we know next year is the year that the NFC gets nine home games, and they have to go on the road eight times. And I wanted to see this. The Falcons do not meet New England anywhere in the regular season next year. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think that they all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's that's something to think about, I guess. But you know, I don't know how that I don't know how that works in terms of the schedule. But you know, who knows? The NFL, you know, they spend a lot of time working on that schedule. And, and here's that's another one. Here, here's another one. Next year, again, nine home games. The Detroit Lions, who we'll talk a lot a lot about here in a bit for this week, and could be talking a lot about over the off season if they got two and won a Super Bowl. They will play nine games at home at Ford Field in a dome. On the road, they only play outdoors next year three times. They play indoors at Arizona, indoors at Houston, Indianapolis, Minnesota, and Dallas. They only go outside next year at Chicago, Green Bay, and San Francisco. If they got a scheduling break and got one of the the two, uh, Chicago or Green Bay, early, I don't think they'd have you know extreme cold in San Francisco. They would have the potential of one rotten weather game all year. Uh, that's doing your homework. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a that's a good fit. I mean, you know, you kind of think of the Dallas Cowboys and how good they are at home and in in the dome and and whatnot. I mean, that you know, certain teams just thrive in that type of atmosphere and vice versa. Some teams golf does in, in the outdoors. Yeah, in the outdoors. So. Uh, you know, I put it this way. I mean, when this, when it all comes down and, you know, uh, you know, the, remember the Lions were on the cusp of a playoff appearance last year. They just missed out. You know, we know they had a great and, and Campbell's turned it around and we know how, you know, they could end up winning it all. But, you know, that schedule's going to be a little different next year. You know, you're going to have a harder schedule. Those opponents, you know, where instead of playing the weakest team, you might be playing the Chiefs again and, and whatnot. So, you know, we'll see how that works for them. And, and then if that does come to fruition, and they have those home games. I mean, the schedule is a schedule. 
when the playoffs start next year, you know, then, you know, who knows? I mean, they could be traveling to Green Bay. We don't yeah. know how the season's going to play out next year. That's right. They could, be going, they could be going to Chicago. And now you're in the Windy City. And all those dome games, they actually were the worst thing for you. But if you're able to stay where you are, um, it definitely helps you. But I, I, I would, I mean, I, I'm a football diehard. I, I just, <laughs> I, I cringe. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I saw people complaining that Buffalo's new stadium's coming up and it's not a dome. Uh, listen, there's more games canceled because of hurricanes and snowstorms, and nobody's complaining about living in the South. So just let the domes, let the stadiums be uncovered. Let them play in the outdoors. Talking to Bo Marchant, who joins us every week to talk the NFL. And speaking of the Bills, uh, they fall over the weekend at home to the Chiefs. One of, uh, or I'm really a super thrilling game to watch, uh, but the Chiefs, a three-point win. Um, a lot has been made of what the Bills did special teams-wise. They missed a field goal. They go for it on, on fourth down with a fake punt. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from that game between the Chiefs and the Bills? Brian, my my biggest takeaway is the Chiefs are just a better team, yeah. and it just it breaks my heart to say it like that. And you know, I remind what it reminds us when I was growing up, the Cleveland Cavaliers had a dominant team with Price and Doherty and Nance. I mean, they were and back then, fifty wins was like the milestone. The Lakers, hmm. Celtics, fifty five wins. I mean, that was the creme de la creme, and they were right there. But there was some guy that lived in Chicago. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He played for the Bulls. And uh, and no matter how good the Cavaliers were, that guy from Chicago Break always. Break their hearts. Yeah. And you know what? Do we not call that guy from Chicago the greatest we ever seen? Sure do. Yeah. And, and I think the guy that reigns in Kansas City, he he's kind of has that same M.O. as, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best we've ever seen. And I don't say that lightly because he's magical. And it's one of those things. It's unfortunate that Buffalo has always had to face him at those particular times. I know the, I know the Bengals took him out last year, but you know they were going through a lot with the, what happened in Cincinnati with you know Hamlin. But they come back and listen. Even if they make the field goal, it's a tied game, and you're giving Mahomes a buck forty nine to go down the field to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop him, and you know they were fortunate the ball went out of bounds. You know the fake punt, they did it, and then the ball goes in the end zone. They get the ball back, so yeah. no harm, no foul. Then they take the ball down. They you know they miss the field goal. So I don't really know. You know they, the one thing, and I, I don't want to take anything away from the Bills, but the one thing I knew, and at least they've come to every time that these two teams have played with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they're a prize fight, but they deliver every single time. And it's that's I think the heart aching part for a Bills fan is they haven't got past them in the playoffs because they close they both play so dynamic. I mean, all the games all weekend, the only game I was really said, listen, I don't know I don't care what happens this weekend. I mean I watched all the games. But if there's one game if I can watch one, I'll watch them Allen and Mahomes because they always show up, you know what you're getting. There's gonna be no surprises. Nobody's gonna get crushed. Nobody's gonna play bad. They're gonna be right there at the end. Last team to have the football. And I you know and for for the Bills, it's just it's one of those things. It's you're just you don't have you know you don't have Mahomes and and Josh Allen's great. And that's the only thing I can say is sometimes and it hurts. Sometimes somebody's just better than you. Yeah. The team's better than you, and that's just the way it is, right? It, it, it is, and 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 that that is sadly the 
that sometimes the really bad side of sports for if you're a fan of the team on the wrong side of that, you, you're right about. Ask Craig Elo about number twenty three yeah. if you don't think if you don't think he was great. Bobar shot. We were talking earlier about the the quarterbacks taken in the draft the year Brock Purdy ended up being Mister Irrelevant, number two sixty two, the last player taken in the draft. He didn't get any parade, but at two fifty one in that draft, the Kansas City Chiefs took Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> Yeah, I saw him at the Shrine game, and uh, I wish I could say I thought he would become the guy that we see. Um, he wasn't running like that at the Shrine game. I could tell you that. We're out in Vegas because, you know, I, I you know, but, uh, I mean, he is just pound for pound, just an animal. Every carry is just a violent run. He's an angry runner. He's an energizer. He's a tempo setter. He's everything you want when you hand it off to the ball back. But So, uh, you know, he's a great and. And the best part about all that, Purdy and, and all these guys, is you know it's just you know you get slotted into these these you know it's, it's you know it's a microcosm of I think everything that's wrong with the, the way everything's set up with the draft because there's a narrative and everybody just kind of follows along and they're just going to be slotted in those positions. I mean, I, I just think about the Steelers and, and Mason Rudolph and Pickett and, and Trubisky. You know, you know Trubisky was a high round pick and Kenny was a first round pick and. You know, uh, Rudolph was a third round pick. So you just, your, your pedigree, you're a third round pick. So we don't even have the confidence in you. And it, you could just see it through the landscape and you got to build up toward. And I joke so many times, you know, like Dak, if Dak was a first round pick, there would have never been a hesitation once for the Cowboys to give him an extension. We right. saw it with Kirk Cousins, Robert, you know, Griffin the third was the first round pick. Kirk Cousins the fourth round pick, you know, and, and they were reluctant. That's why he was on the franchise tag so long. They just couldn't comprehend giving a, you know, a guy that late. The money. If that if Kirk Cousins was a first round pick, they were like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, you 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 know you come with the everything we wanted to see all the time, and they believe in you. And it's just funny, even at the level, even after you prove it, they always kind of go back, I guess, to your resume. And I, I think that that draft number is good. And listen, these guys, if any personnel's listening, they could be shaking their head going, "This guy's <laughs> goofy." But until they start doing it a different way, yeah. you got to think this is the way they do it. No, you're right about that. I'm curious, uh, that first game of the weekend, Texans and Ravens, it was a back-and-forth oh. game early. and But then uh, after half, I mean, the Ravens came out and really uh, gave it to the Texans. It looked like a team that's had a week off and has been sitting around and then just kind of needed that first half to, to warm up um, and then really showed all their guns in the second half. What did you make uh, of the Ravens and, and what they can do now going forward? And then on the other side, the Texans, I know a lot of people now are talking about the Ravens because they're still alive, but it's hard to take away what a building block of a season this has been for D'Amico Ryan's CJ Stroud and the rest of that team. Oh, I mean, I mean, four and thirteen a year ago, and now yeah. you win the AFC South. You found the quarterback of the future. Uh, it's just a fabulous story, and you know, I, it's just crazy to think that. I know I wouldn't have said, hey, you know, next year we're going to be talking about the Texans as a division <laughs> winner. You know, we thought maybe it would have took a few years to knock Trevor Lawrence off the mantle. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Trevor even was able to even get on the mantle, really. It's just, it's kind of like, wow, look at the AFC uh, South now. You know, the Baltimore Ravens showed up, and I, I, I'm not saying, I mean, oh, great, I got no dog in the fight, but I mean, for the Ravens to be who they are and how well they are under Harbaugh, it, w- it would have been maybe like a, you would almost question yourself and your fandom, like, wow, I really thought the the Ravens were the cream of the crop, and yeah. they lose to the you know the Texans. <laughs> but you know that ten ten tie got broken, and then you kind of stall. You know the Ravens flex their muscle, and you know they were just able to do their thing. And it just they're just a more experienced, better football team. And 
you know, maybe five years from now when Lamar's not, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, five years from now and Stroud's at his peak and Lamar's fading and all that stuff, then maybe the Texans are the team to beat. So it was just, there was just a, that was just a wily veteran of a team, oh, yeah. best team in the league type thing against a, an up and comer looking to find their way. They're happy to be in the fight and they put up a good fight and, uh, and they're, and they're going to be ready. I think Will Anderson even said, you know, the best is, you know, not, you know, he didn't say that, but he just said basically, you know, so roundabout way is, you know, wait till we, you know, wait till we see what we do next year. So they're, they're excited down there. D'Amico Ryan, fantastic job. Uh, so much to be happy about just having that franchise turned around and, and, and they had, they have Stroud. I mean, they have a quarterback and it's just, it just goes back to if you can find that guy under center that can you know move the needle, um, the franchise has no limitations. Yeah. A week from today, who are we talking about in mm-hmm. Super Bowl Fifty Eight? Uh, I you know what I picked the Forty ers to win it, so I got to stick with them, and I got to stick I I got to stick with Mahomes. I, I just uh, you know he's just kind of like that gunslinger until until I see him you know ousted. I, I got to stick with them and. Uh, you know Harbaugh though Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. He's a that's a tough team. I'm excited for you know both games. I I think the tenacity of Dan Campbell and the genius of Kyle Shanahan is going to make that fun. And then I think that you know you got Lamar Jackson looking to prove his point, make a playoff stance. Um, and that's one and go kind of go back real quick on the Texans game. You know, we talk about Lamar MVP, Lamar MVP. If they lose that game, then people are talking about the Ravens. They gave him a contract, and they shouldn't have. Lamar Jackson's spectacular. I mean, he is he is super. So I'm excited about, you know, that game. And, like, the, the NFC Championship, we got Purdy and Goff. You know, those are, I think, we all know that those guys aren't on the level of, the, you know, the AFC quarterbacks. They're great quarterbacks, but they're just different teams. You know, but we're not AFC side. You know, it's going to be fun watching Jackson and Mahomes get after it. And I think on the NFC side, you know, you just have different teams, a lot, a lot of uh, different ways those teams can win. So uh, I think at the end of the day, 49ers and Chiefs, and since I picked the 49ers way back in August or September when we did the show, I, I don't know why I could do that. But I can't pick the Bills anymore. <laughs> wow, it would be uh, it would be crazy after kind of what everyone's been saying about the Chiefs. That offense ain't good. They don't. And, have and they played a few years ago, and and, and the, the Niners had them. Yeah. If Garoppolo can make one more throw, mm-hmm. he can. You know, the one thing, and it, it occurred to me while I was watching the game, and I don't. I'm surprised it hasn't been brought up. Was they? I know we all listen. We know that's Andy Reid's team, and that's his mm-hmm. offense, and he's he's a master. At, but they did lose Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. And it, there has to be some, and that was something that was never said. I know I gave you the stats on Mahomes and his completions and the yards. They're nearly identical the last season because everyone talked about drop passes. You know, we see the emergence of Rasheed Rice, the rookie from SMU. I mean, you can't, you know, he's coming and we see him now. He's a critical factor in that offense. Kelsey yeah. had the two touchdowns. So it's a matter of just them learning. I do think there had to be just a little bit slight adjustment. Of the Chiefs getting acclimated to not having Eric Bieniemy, and you know we talk about. I mean, look at the you know the Eagles. They lost both their coordinators last year. Mm-hmm. They they lost both their coordinators this year. You know that's there's there's some change. I mean, just like we all have our everyday work environment. You know, something changes. It does throw you off a little bit. You're going to oh, get yeah. acclimated and you're going to get adjusted, but it does take time. And when you're playing professional sports, that adjustment has to be kind of made on the mm-hmm. fly. And it, you really don't know. You know, you can spend all day in, you know, summer practicing. But when, the, you know, when it gets real and it's live action, it's a, if it's a different kind of animal. So I think that's the one thing. The enemy not being there, there had to be some adjustment, especially 
for that offense because that's one of the best offenses we've seen in the last decade. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. And this weekend should be a lot of fun with these conference championship games. But, Bo, as always, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Hey, you guys are the best. Stay safe. Thanks, Bo. Thank you. Bo Marshani joins us every single week to talk the NFL. Before we go to a break, i got to tell you about our friends over at Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean on the historic square in Carville. They've been there since 1961, and they sponsor our 5 o'clock hour every single afternoon. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got Western wear, but they've also got all the boots, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots boots for every single occasion you can find them at hewlett and dunn and from head to toe they have you covered with every brand imaginable whether it's ariat damn post anderson bean and whether it's for men or women they've got in so many different clothing options like jeans pants shirts shorts outerwear and the best duckhead collection you'll find charles and laura hall invite you to 111 north center street on the square in carville or to their website hewlettdunn.com and if you're in need for accessories they've got you covered with that as well uh, hats sunglasses boot care products in every area team snapback or cool hat you can think of whether it's the tigers mississippi state ut Ole miss or the razorbacks and for travel their bag selection is top notch you at done.com but please head out to carville give them a visit and say hello at 111 north center street on the square in carville at hewlett and dunn well we need to get to a break but we got a lot to talk about on the other side the hall of fame uh, hall of famers have been announced in Major League Baseball. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks have made a change at head coach. We'll talk about that next during What's Trending. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Back into sports times. We got about 30 minutes left in today's show. A lot to get to uh, during the segment. Uh, I want to talk about the Bucks and the, the change they made earlier today, but we do have some breaking news. Um, we have the names that uh, will that have been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. We talked about it earlier. We knew we would be getting it uh, about 5 o'clock. Uh, and the names are in Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton. Those are the three um, names that will be a part of the class of 2024. And uh, I, I am really, really happy for this, this, uh, this group of guys. I like this group, I, yeah. I, I hate it for Billy Wagner, who mm-hmm. fell yeah. just heartbreakingly close. I suspect he he will get in next year, which is kind of the yeah the oddity of this. <laughs> He's good enough to be in next year, then yeah. put him in this year, right? You know, wh- wh- mm-hmm. why make what, what, him what's do changing that? Changing in a year, <laughs> He's not going out there and locking down yeah. a save next yeah. year. Yeah, but <laughs> but anyway, I, 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 don't, I don't the fifth uh, Adrian Beltre the. The fifth Dominican-born player to enter the Hall of Fame, Juan Marichal, Pedro Martinez, Vladimir Guerrero, hmm. 
and Big Poppy. That's a list, isn't it? I, I know. I know the DR. They they are proud and should oh, yeah. be. And you know, Beltre was the guy that had the phobia or whatever. Right, don't touch his head. Don't touch his head. Uh-uh. Don't don't pat him on the head. Uh-uh. Brian, it's, it's it's something every year I say about <laughs> football. Quit slapping people on the head. Congratulatory. That's a penalty if you do it in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do it on the sideline? That's a good question. Good question. I don't know, but yeah, that was his thing. And when he was with uh, the Rangers, all his teammates would would have fun with it and, and act like they were going to touch his head, and he'd freak him out. Oh, uh, he he would jump. He jump oh, mad over it. Oh, I, very mad. Todd Helton, the former Tennessee quarterback, mm-hmm. in yep. uh, and and Joe Mauer, who could have been a college quarterback, yeah. uh, he he's in. I got to tell my Todd Helton story. Okay, so I am just stringing games, covering games, and I'm in Atlanta on a Friday night and go to Rockies. This is in the '97 year, okay. and they called up Helton at the end of that year, kind of for September. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a Rockies-Braves game at Ted, at the Ted, at Ted Turner Field. And the next morning, getting up from, going to leave Atlanta and drive and cover Auburn and Ole Miss. So I wasn't yeah. working for Ole Miss then. But anyway, so that Friday night, uh, got credentialed and wanted, we, uh, and asked, asked the Rockies PR guy, and he was a legendary great guy, mm-hmm. you know, if I could have some time with Todd Helton. And we're visiting a lot of football talks. Sure. And, and so this is in 97, Peyton Manning's quarterback at Tennessee and famously was, you know, a freshman quarterback with Helton the year all the quarterbacks got hurt and Peyton was pressed into duty. And, and I, I didn't realize then, but they, they are now big friends. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's the reason Peyton lives in the Denver area. He lives there because they fell in love with him and he played for the Broncos. Right. But he loves Todd Helton. They are really? big, 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 wow. big buds. So I, I'm, I, I got the recorder going in, an old recorder too, Brian. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> you, you love the technology. <laughs> and, uh, that thing was about as big as a bowling ball. Ooh, I believe and, it. and we're rolling and I ask him, because he had played also with He Shuler at Tennessee. Mm, yeah. And I said, you know, compare He Shuler and Peyton Manning. And he goes off, just drills Heath Shuler. Holy cow! And 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 a lot of the questions around Heath Shuler was his football acumen. Sure. You know how, how smart he was. Yeah. And he went there, and and wow. just on, on the mic, I had you know the on off button, and uh-huh. I, I turned it off. I said, you know, this is rolling, <laughs> and that I'm going to use this. He said, turn it back on. Woo-hoo-hoo. And I turned it back, and, and he wow. crushed. Now he 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 crushed him in and of himself, right. but was also saying, "You hadn't seen a football mind ever like Peyton Manning's." Wow! This, this is this is a per, a person of extraordinary football intellect, wow. and just just sheer keen intellect. Yeah. So years later, fast forward to summer of 2011, I'm at Bush Stadium early August. In fact, the Colts are in town to play the Rams in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And all you're really getting out of the, out of the Manning camp and out of the Colts camp is, you know, Peyton's got some, you know, issues with his neck and, you know, might be an opening day decision. Well, I go in the Rockies clubhouse mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning's there. Oh. He's there in town with the Colts to play like the next night. And he's there and we, 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 we visit big. And then when he got up to shake my hand, he looked 80 years old, getting up and very, labored wow. neck very stiff mm. and i texted a good friend of his in memphis 
And I said, all right, come clean about Peyton's neck injury. Mm-hmm. There ain't a prayer he's playing in four more weeks. He said, oh, yeah, there's no doubt he's shut down for the year. And and, 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 and and Peyton even said, you, you didn't see me today. Yeah, no, no, this never happened. <laughs> wow, that's but, uh, But I, I knew then, I, I said, oh, my goodness, he, he, he may be through. Holy cow. But Todd Helton in, and yep. you know the whole the whole Coors Field stuff. Uh-huh. Look, uh, he he didn't make it on uh, on home runs. He uh-huh. made it being a gap hitter. Now the yep. gaps are large sure. at Coors Field. Sure. There's no doubt. But he's still got to find grass. That's right. And uh, you know, I mean, he, he shouldn't be penalized for the for the ballpark he's playing in. I never thought he should be. I thought it was ridiculous uh-huh. with Larry Walker. Yeah. Uh, all, all those years and Crazy. and. And I, I, I'm glad he's in. And, and VFL, ball for life, That's Todd right. That's right. I've already seen uh, Tennessee baseball and Tennessee <laughs> athletics posting that he's in. So. And they should. And they should. But, no, Adrian Beltre, one of my favorite players growing up. Uh, With your Rangers yeah, in 2011. That's right. I love Before you Adrian became Beltre. a Cardinal fan and yeah. Cardinals broke your heart. Yes, it broke my heart, and then it took a couple of years, and then finally I was like, what the heck. I'll be it's kind of like us know. bringing Johnny along as a Cardinal right. fan. That's right. You know, it's going to happen. Maybe it'll, it'll yeah. take some heartbreak to, to get there. But, you know, it's all those tears. Will we don't need to hear free agency status, no, no, Johnny. No, 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 no. We know you're a free agent. Hey, I'm willing to commit to y'all. Y'all okay. making it very, looking very <laughs> good, man. I love I love it, man. Can I'm I, thinking about can it. Can I offer you a young outfielder and a young shortstop that, you know, might drop pop flies and go on hitless streaks, but, you know, are young and fun. How about that? Get, get Gary Sheffield <laughs> close today in the vote. Yeah. I, I, he's all of Famer. I think so. I, so. I can't find Chase Utley. Is he? Oh <laughs> Lord! I I I need. To find he may get the... more votes tonight in New Hampshire than he did for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he might. I, mean. I can't find Utley anywhere. Oh no, I can't find Utley. Uh, Utley got twenty eight point eight percent. Oh, he got a long way to go then. Yeah, it's going to be some time. Yeah, I hate and, that. And he's not playing any more games either. No. <laughs> the, the, that shortstop second base combo, Rollins Utley. That was big time. Oh man, that was fun to go watch and oh, play. Man. That was a good duo. You're right. Oh man, I hate that he didn't. Get I caught more. the Phillies a bunch in that stretch in really? St. Louis. Yeah, caught them. Caught them shutting my. Um, I want to say my last. No, my last game at Old Bush Stadium was the Cubs, but I saw them the last year yeah. of Old Bush Stadium. I can tell you when it was. It was second day, not opening day, but second oh, really? day of the year. And I went up that weekend and, caught, and then caught him again later that year and then caught him a couple of times at New Bush Stadium and loved seeing Rollins and Utley. Oh, yeah, man. They were so much fun to watch. I never saw them in person, but I, uh, I mean, watching them on television. And uh, Billy Wagner, you know, oh, you know, he was with those Astros yeah. teams when Cardinal fans like me hated them. Yep, yep. But, no, I, I like the these three, and uh, I'm glad they're getting in. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys will be waiting another year to see if uh, maybe next year could be the year. I don't know that he still does or doesn't, but I think it would be funny because he was famous for it during Jim Leland's speech. Just crank out a big old Marlboro Red right up there on the stage. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I don't know if we'll see it, but that'd be fun if we did. You, I, I don't know if you could pull out a cigarette oh, now in, it, it, yeah, it, no, it, it, around sports. 
Probably not. No, it is uh, certainly a different time. That's for sure. Uh, Brett, before we uh, before we get to a, a break here, I am curious. Um, earlier today, we got the news: the Bucks have fired head coach Adrian Griffin. No, no, Giannis Antetokounmpo yes, fired yes, Adrian Griffin yes, today. Yes, re- rephrase that. Only forty three games into his first year with the Bucks. Um, and now it looks like Doc Rivers is the uh, kind of favorite to uh, to take over in Milwaukee. Boy, Doc has had the jobs and Man. has never closed the deal yeah. anywhere. Yeah, no, anywhere. Been close. Yeah, that you know had team. Well, no, Doc won it with the Celtics. Doc won it with the Celtics. Yeah. So let me correct that. Mm-hmm. Is it? But that team, you, you couldn't help but win it with him. This yeah. may be the same thing in, in be, Milwaukee. Yeah, no, it could be. But, I mean, this is yeah, been... Yeah, he, he, he won it with Pierce, yeah. Garnett, and company. This has been something that has been the, the kind of disconnect between Adrian Griffin and Giannis has been building for some time. I always think back to, I guess, a month ago now at this point where Giannis kind of lost his head in in the locker room where he's saying it, it it starts with everybody i mean everybody's doing a poor job it starts with with the guy who washes our clothes he has to do a better job washing our clothes and and i was like oh there's there's something bigger going on yeah. here um, if you're mad over the clothes being washed you're yes, mad over a lot of things yes yes mad over uh they, there's bigger bigger issues there that you just don't want to talk about but i was surprised when i saw that uh and, and it sure has happened uh a, mm-hmm. a, a lot in yeah. in sports not not just the nba Magic Johnson, early in his career, famously mm-hmm. had a guy uh, out in Los Angeles. Michael Jordan went through two or three mm-hmm. in Chicago before they got to Phil Jackson. Yeah, no. Uh, I know he got Doug Collins, and I'm pretty sure he got uh, uh, Kevin Logrey. Yeah. There's one more in there yeah. that in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Maybe Stan Allback, somebody. Maybe. But it, were, it, it, it was awkward for a few years before landing on Phil Jackson and the rest is history. Yeah, Phil Jackson worked out uh, worked out real nicely. But you know, I think with with Giannis, you got that superstar in Milwaukee. You've got a team that's ready to compete, and you know, defensively they have not been very good. That offense speaks for itself, um, but defensively they've really really struggled this year, and and that's something that that's got to get better if if they want to be a, an NBA champion. Yeah, Ma- Ma- Magic got a coach early, and they mm-hmm. you know they ended up hiring. Uh, Pat Riley, yeah. he, I think. I think Paul Westhead, maybe. Mm. Yes, I mean it, it happens. This isn't you know something. No, they won it with Paul Westhead. There was somebody before Paul Westhead really? that got crossways with Magic, and it's pretty easy for Jerry Buss. I mean, you yeah. gonna get rid of Magic Johnson, or you <laughs> no, gonna get rid of? No. Uh, I, I, I got. I, look, I looked up Jack McKinney. Mm, Jack McKinney. Pretty, pretty simple. Jack's yeah, got to go. Yeah, somebody's got to go, and it's not going to be our star <laughs> yeah. player. And that seems like what just happened in Milwaukee. Of well, some one of y'all has to go, and it's sure not going to be Giannis. So. Have we heard from Jack since then? I don't know if we have. <laughs> I don't think but, so. No. Might <laughs> check, sit check on, on, on Jack. I know we're all glad. Look, at least it's, we, we're, we're not having trouble driving. Be careful in the rain, mm-hmm. though. Oh, it's yeah. it's going to be a challenging night driving home for everybody, but much better than last week. And I know people are starting to plan their big game party. Keep Jason's Deli in mind for any of that, whether it's five or 5000 for your party, whatever occasion, they bring more to the table. It's a family thing, a variety of delicious choices for all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For five or 5000 check out the most popular choices they have. You can go online to jasonsdeli.com and find out more about that. Same-day, last-minute orders are welcomed. If you're having any kind of event, you don't think you've got it handled just right, turn it over to them. Let them take over. Wholesome food forever. It's a family thing. All the soups, the soups, 
it carried us through last week. It felt like like the fire roasted tortilla, the Texas style chili, the, the basic chick, chicken noodle soup. Uh, also good last week when we needed to stay warm, whether it's a cup or bowl. The salads, the nutty mix-up salad, the chicken Caesar salad, my favorite, the taco salad, or the salad bar that's in every location with over 30 items to choose from for you to prepare it however you would like it. Ridgeway Road at Poplar and Highland, Cordova, and in Olive Branch. Healthy, first franchise in the nation to be trans-fat-free. And it's all about choice at Jason's Deli with over 200 Memphis-area associates to take care of you. Regardless if you seek a gluten-free menu or vegetarian sandwiches, they've got you covered. Plenty of organic food to choose from. And again, catering anytime, anywhere. Complimentary free ice cream at every location. In Olive Branch, in Cordova, at Poplar and Highland, and at Ridgeway Road across from MUS. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. Let's get to our final break of the day. On the other side, we're up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, uh, this was over in the Daily Memphian today. Uh, Parth wrote about it. Uh, Jeff Goodman uh, has a hot take on this Tiger basketball team. Jeff Goodman, um, national college basketball analyst, uh, now does a lot of work with his own um, company, The Field of 68, hosts the uh, their podcast that they do every night after the games. And last night, he had a hot take saying that he does not think uh, the Memphis Tigers, who are ranked 19th in the country right now, will make the NCAA tournament this season. Um, that was his hot take from last night. This was a quote from him um, on uh, the uh, the Field of 68 after dark last night. Quote, Memphis was off to an unbelievable start, and now they've lost two in a row, an embarrassing one that they lost at home to South Florida, in which they were up 20, and then they come back and they lose to Tulane. Their wins aren't very impressive right now, not not a lot of substance to the resume. I mean, Michigan and Arkansas in a neutral court, that looked good a month and a half ago. That Texas A&M win looked great at the time. Now it looks eh, 
okay in Virginia at home. I mean, honestly, you're talking three of those teams probably aren't NCAA tournament teams as of today. That's what he had to say after saying that he doesn't think this Tiger team will make the NCAA tournament. I just think it's it's wild, Brett, that we have gotten from the point of this team could be the team to look out for in March to National College Basketball uh, media members saying this team might not even make the tournament. It's the fork in the road that we have discussed, and I think we're there. You, you tell me. We'll, 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 we'll decide this programming right here over there for everybody to see the right. the, the dirty laundry. All right. Later this week, no, no game till Sunday. Yeah. You want to do wins and losses over there for the next 12? <laughs> Why not? Sure. I'll do it. I'm afraid I'm not going to make many friends. Uh, I'm with Jeff Goodman. Whoa, Brett. Barking Crow put out their latest NIT bracketology. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I I, I can't take it. I can't take take any Barking Crow. In fact, I'll I'll call my shot now. I'll fire this warning shot now. There shouldn't be any acceptance of NIT bid. Wow. I mean, it would be certainly, I mean, we would be having some way different conversations if that happens. I texted Dave thanking him for joining us, and we texted back and forth on a couple other things. Uh, I'll just tell my side of what I sent to him. I I texted to him I have four more losses in conference. Wow, four more. What I learned today, Brian Callahan, the new coach of the Tennessee Titans, ran Carthine, wanted his guy, and he got him. Mike Vrabel out, uh, Brian Callahan in. Will it work? Time will tell. Mm. And they could look up. Mike Vrabel could really make them pay for years like Belichick did in Cleveland. The son of Bill Callahan, who led the Raiders to their last Super Bowl appearance, a loss to Tampa Bay. Mm, I, I like that hire uh, for the time. seems like a lot of people in, in Nashville, I guess I'll trust them on it, um, and uh, maybe it works out for them. Brett, what I could have done without today, I uh, hated seeing this news. Um, Ugga X, Ugga 10, um, passed away uh, this morning. What a life. I mean, this... Good dog. This damn good dog. dog. Hey, yeah, damn good dog. That's right. <laughs> this dog has lived a better life in terms of sports than most human beings. I mean, this was from the the Georgia Bulldogs Athletics Twitter. Uh, one of the most decorated of all the Bulldog mascots. He compiled a football record of 91-18, and 18, uh, presided over two SEC titles, the 2021 and 2022 College Football Playoffs National Championships, and seven, seven New Year's Six Bowl appearances. Also, was almost attacked by Bevo the Longhorn. Uh, really did, in an unwarranted attack that... He took out after after Bevo. Could have done without all the drama, with all the big babies in Dallas. Tweets, Insta attacks, airing it all out in public. Micah Parsons, he's talking about wanting the 49ers next year. He better get his brother to be quiet. Oh, man. Did the Cowboys really think they were going to go to the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Well, Brett, I don't want to say I did, but I i mean, I, I got caught up in it. I don't know. What but you're like. a fan. Did, did they oh, in the locker mean, room? The team itself. Nah, it's a good question. It's a really good question. But there's a lot of family members for this Cowboys team that they need to they need to quiet down a little bit. They're, they're talking a little too much. Mike Parsons' brother being, being one of them. But Mike Parsons, he talks a lot himself and has a podcast to do it. So that doesn't really shock me. Where are you beaming tonight? 
uh, beam me to 14 and 3 Kentucky Ooh. against 15 and 3 South Carolina. In Kentucky, they really are everybody's Super Bowl. And, and it was very much like it was in 07 and 08 here when John Calipari was here. And people are still trying to tap into that. Mm-hmm. It's just not the case. The building has been sad too often, too often, and at too many games, and no Sweet 16 since 2009. That's just where we are. 15 years later. Crazy. 15 years. Uh, good Lord. Uh, that's a really good game tonight. Uh, getting kicked off here in a couple minutes. I'll beam later tonight. How about this, Brett? Fourth-ranked Houston on the road against 21st-ranked BYU. Two new additions to the Big 12 now playing each other in a conference game. Houston's already dropped a couple uh, in conference and now look to see what they can do on the road against a, a good and, and really impressive BYU team this year. Tonight in the AAC, UAB at Charlotte. Charlotte's 102 net. UAB's 150. The AAC is not any better. And if FAU slips and the Tigers slips, uh, uh, this is going to be a one-bid league. In every bracketology, it's going to be a one-bid league. Mm -hmm. Late night, Lakers and Clippers. Lakers 22-22. and just like they were after 44 last year. That's Wow, that could have been your big number today, Brett. That's that's good stuff. Uh, 32 college basketball games tonight. Uh, only five NBA games tonight. A limited slate, but two TNT games, like Brett mentioned, the late night one. Lakers and Clippers. The first one on TNT at 6.30, Knicks and Nets. So it should be a good night of basketball. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon.